time I went in and interviewed, they told me I was overqualified. To be 23 years old and overqualified for every position that I attempted to get was crazy to me. Hello, and thank you for joining us today on the Gentle Art of Crushing It show, where we focus on learning and sharing with our listeners all there is to know about how to create success in our lives. This show stands on the shoulders of giants. Our mission is to empower and inspire our listeners to create the life of their dreams whilst having a blast in the process. Let's celebrate life together. Welcome to the show. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the General Art of Crushing It uh, podcast. I'm super excited. I'm not quite sure if I've had enough coffee yet for this particular conversation today, but I'm super excited to have uh, with us today, Aaron Chapman. Aaron, welcome. Welcome to the General Art of Crushing It. How are you doing today? What's up, Nathan? Thanks, brother, for having me aboard. And I have had my coffee, so get ready for a ride, man. Okay, so I got mine right here. I'm ready to go. I'm going to drink, uh, drink a bit more before we go. And while I do that, why don't you uh, just introduce yourself? Let, uh, let you know our audience know who you are, what you do in life, what you like to do, what you don't like to do, and we'll take it from there. Ah, so there's a lot of things that you can describe me with. Um, ultimately, where most people describe me is a real estate investment lender. You know, I focus on uh, people buying single families up to the fourplexes using conventional financing. The reason I chose that is because it's a very complicated part of the industry. A lot of people don't like to do it. And for me, it just made sense because it was a numbers type deal. And the more complicated it is, the more I want to focus there because most of the industry sucks at that particular type of deal. So I decided I was going to become the expert. And, you know, I wouldn't I can't claim I have the best organization on the planet, but I will go Pepsi challenge against anybody else who claims that, um, you know, did, you know, married for 26 years, got four kids, got one grandkids, 10, that's 10 weeks old, 12 weeks old, something like that. So life has been very, very nice. good to me. Spent uh, a lot of time in the outdoors. I'm an avid hunter. Uh, I used to do rescue for the sheriff's office. I ran their technical rescue unit uh, known as a TRT team for 10 years. Well, nine years, actually. Uh, a lot of high angle rescue stuff, helicopters, rollover vehicles, that kind of stuff. It was a really, really, really good time. But I focus on helping investors become successful in their real estate ventures with stable capital, not the volatile crap. Wonderful. And you, you mentioned the Pepsi challenge. Are you the guy behind the fighter jet? Did you get that? You have that in your backyard, the 7 million, what was it, 7 million <laughs> points? 7 million Pepsi points or whatever, and you got the fighter jet? I'd have to drink a lot of that crap to get there, and that's just not something that goes in my body. <laughs> Same here. Awesome. Um, I'm curious to hear, because uh, I want to get into kind of what, um, you know, hearing about success stories in your life, Aaron, right? This is what our audience typically likes to hear about, right? But I'm curious, um, before we go into like success stories, I'm wondering um, what, you know, what success means for you today, and maybe does that or has that definition of success changed over time for you? It has changed over time. Um, I've got a very, very good friend of mine, uh, Larry Yatch, uh, who I've developed a great relationship with. He was the former leader of SEAL Team 3, now runs a, uh, a business where he helps entrepreneurs optimize their business. And he claims, and I agree with this, that success is an optimized daily experience sustainable over time. You know, so it, you can't really just know. You, uh, success used to be, in my opinion, uh, setting a goal and achieving the goal, setting a goal, achieving the goal, and found that yep. I was never successful. I was never happy with anything that I got. And then I found, you know, Larry, and he starts explaining this. And we, you know, one of the ways I really developed a great relationship with him was hunting along the Yukon River in rural Alaska, just middle of nowhere, hunting moose together for 10 days. And 
when you get to when you get in that type of it's a third world country basically it's a very dangerous yeah. environment everything was around us and we had a blast it was the most exhausting fun i ever had and what i found that was not a sustainable experience successful to get to that point in life to be able to go on that kind of a hunt with those kind of people that were with me but we couldn't sustain mm -hmm. that for more than 10 days right after the end of 10 days i'm like i'm out you know it's time to get back home so then you start realizing it's an optimized daily experience is being able to do all the things that you want to do that day and accomplish all the things you want to accomplish that day and be able to feel confident that you you got things done and you can start again tomorrow and do the exact same thing and affect people's lives for the for the for the positive. Now, are we going to have some negative experiences? Sure, we are. Are we going to make dumb decisions? Sure, we are. Are we going to are we going to get led around by our emotions and by our appetites and things like that to do things we shouldn't? Yes, but. It's getting control of you as the individual and, tar and targeting yourself and pointing yourself, continually trying to improve and having yeah. just, you know, be able to accomplish day after day after day and be able to say at the end of that day, I, I made a difference. I love it. I love that definition, Aaron. That's awesome. Uh, hopefully you brought home quite a lot of moose on that hunting trip. It sounds like oh, an yeah. awesome time. <laughs> yes, we did. And that's uh, now is my favorite game as far as eating is concerned. It's like a, a cross between elk and, and bison. It's just amazing. Oh, awesome. I'm a big fan of bison myself. Well, cool. With that, with that awesome or with that definition, sorry, of success, right? And um, kind of your your take on success there. I'm curious if you could share with us and our audience, you know, one, one or two uh, of your favorite success stories. Well, usually my success stories come from uh, a beating that you have to take, you know, so probably my number one success story would have to be just getting into the industry that I'm in. You know, when I first got into it, but and when I left left high school, I left halfway through my senior year. I grew, I'd spent my high school years on a cattle ranch. From there, went to work on the oil fields of Wyoming. From there, driving truck, running heavy equipment. Found myself in the mines in northern New Mexico, which was a phenomenal job. My dad was a miner. We'd sold the cattle ranch. He went back to doing what he knew. And uh, I got to do that with him. And I remember the stories from, from when he was a kid in the uranium mines in New Mexico. And I wanted to experience that myself. So we got to, you're several hundred feet underground. You got a picture of me behind, right behind me right now of, a, of my dad running a drill machine. That's 160 pounds. You got to drill into the rock, six feet, pull it out, do it again, 30 some odd times. You pack that full wow. of explosives. You know, we probably ran several, a couple hundred pounds of explosives in there, step around the corner, blow that up, clean it out, do it again. That was a cycle. And I yeah. loved the job because it was simple. It was just you against the earth. Well, then after, you know, whatever length of time it was, I don't recall, they started shutting down the project because their production was, was dropping. So we, uh, we got, I got laid off. And so I had to go hunt for, for a job. And in that hunt, I couldn't find one to save my life. And I finally- And at that time, did you know what you were looking for or were you just looking for any job? Anything that fit my, my, my history, right? Welding, driving truck, running right. heavy equipment, all those things. You know, I mean, mining if it was possible. I just put it out there all over the place. And every time I went in and interviewed, they told me I was overqualified. To be 23 years old and overqualified for every position yeah. that I attempted to get was crazy to me. So yeah. finally, I went after a $10 an hour truck driving job just to haul landscape rock. And again, got that overqualified bullshit from these guys. And as I leave there, you know, I'm literally wiping tears from my eyes, start my truck and start to drive away because I had a coupon for free diapers to go get diapers for my son because we were so broke, I didn't even have money for diapers. And as, I, as I'm on my way there, my gas light comes on on my truck. And I've never driven this thing far enough to know where the gas, how far yeah. I can get on the gas light. So I pull up to a gas pump, 
basically say a quick prayer and I swipe my debit card and I got a decline. What I thought was my prayer was unanswered, right? Well, I mean, you're not going to just miracle money into your bank account. I was just hoping something of would slip by. So I rifled through my through my uh, my truck, found a couple coins, locked the door, and started walking that parking lot. And after a couple hours, what seemed like a couple hours, I found enough change to get two gallons of gas. Now think about this: this is 1997. Gas was about 89 cents a gallon. People yeah. still carried change, right? They still dropped yeah. change. So. <laughs> I got my gas. I went inside to the uh, the grocery store. I gave them. I found my the diapers I'm supposed to find. I'm standing in line with those only only one item. I ran it and I needed a coupon. It felt really. I mean, it felt shitty to be able to have to, that 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 was my yeah. lot in life. As I'm leaving, head down, I'm trying to just get out of there. There's a guy that come, is coming into the the grocery store that sees me and recognizes me and calls my name. So we got to talking. He asked me how things were. I shared the same story with him. He said, hey, let's go to dinner. I'm like, dude, I can't afford dinner. He goes, hey, I got a gift certificate to Red Lobster. Let me take you and your wife out. So we went to dinner and he shared with me the mortgage industry. Now, I had no idea what the mortgage industry was. In my opinion, yep. all I knew was you know, on TV, the old man, the old ladies losing their farm, this thing called the mortgage, right? Yep. It was a negative thing to me. And it sounded like you had to do math. So I cheated my ass off to get that C in high school. So I had no idea how to, how to do that. He said, no, you just have to be good with people. So I cut a foot off of my hair, I shaved, uh, my mom bought me some business-like clothes, and I decided I started as a telemarketer in December of 1997. Now, it's been a very, very difficult process and cycles and all these things. You go through mm -hmm. the crash of 2008, and that's a whole other story on top of that. But where I sit right now is I'm number, uh, number ranked number one in the state of Arizona, according to most recent stats that I had received, uh, probably in the top 10 in the United States for transactions closed so far this year. Wow, and congratulations. Um, we're very, yeah. very blessed. Even though the business is down, we're down 26% from last year. Last year was a crazy year. Um, yep. We're still doing pretty well, and we pray to continue to grow our business. Wonderful. Well, that's quite an amazing story. And what would you say you, you, what were learnings, I guess, through all of this? Because you touched on so many things, you know, from being broke, essentially, not really being able to find a job because you're overqualified to then, you know, ultimately, you know, stumbling, I guess, no offense, obviously, when I say that, into a, you know, completely different career, which obviously you're very successful in. What What were your some key learnings, I guess, for you? You know, throughout this journey, uh, be just the main key learning is to just be a hundred percent persistent. Just never ever throw in the towel because it takes a lot of persistence to do anything successful. It takes a long time. You've got to decide that that's what you want, and you've got to stay at it. Uh, one of the things that really taught me a lot of lessons, I was I was what they would call an A player in the industry until about 2013, 14, where I decided because of the encouragement of somebody else to write down what I wanted to have happen over a five year window. That writing of that five years changed my existence completely. That put me on yep. a direction and I was able to start going to the direction I'm at now. And I've accomplished a lot more than I ever thought possible as a result of deciding what I wanted and then putting it down on paper and pointing myself that direction. Yeah, I couldn't relate more with like consistency and like daily, you know, activity, daily work, right? I'm curious because I'm very passionate about that particular, you know, subject, right? And I feel like, you know, in today's kind of microwave economy, right, people tend to give up real fast. People don't understand, at least in my experience, you know, what like that daily work, that consistency, the, the long term, you know, long view is and what it means, right? What do you tell people when you, you know, come across them, you know, these people that want to give up real fast, you know, hey, I, I tried this for three days and I didn't reach success. What happens? 
Well, it's it, one, they haven't, I asked them if they've even determined what they want in their existence. Yeah. Where, where's the, where, what is your end that you're seeking? If you have no idea yeah. what the end is that you're seeking or what you're trying to accomplish, then you have no idea the steps you have to take to get there. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, then you're, all you're doing is throw in, throwing in activities that you have no idea why you're throwing them in. You know, I've, I've been through a lot of injuries in my life. I've probably spent nearly a decade in recovery of some sort. I broke over 56 bones Whoa. in my life, broke 56 bones. I've had eight concussions. I've had a lot of things happen. So I spent a lot of time in, I spent time in wheelchairs. I spent time in beds. I spent whatever, just trying to recover from that stuff. And a year ago, I said, I want something. I'm getting myself back into the best shape I've ever, ever been in. In the last 11 months, I've stayed every single day consistent. It sucks. It's one of the most miserable things ever, but I am by far in the best shape I've been in in a very long time. Am I in the best shape of my life? Not yet, but I'm going there. And it's because I, I awesome. decided where I was going to go, decide what yep. I need to do, and I would decide what it took every single day. And then there was a lot of months in there. I'm like, man, this sucks. And it did suck because I travel a ton. And hotel yep. gyms really suck. And trying to find the right food while you're traveling really sucks, especially really if you sucks. do a lot of business in the South. But I decide what I wanted, you do it every single day. The other thing I want to do is accomplish what I wanted to accomplish every single day. Do something for me. I get up at 4.30 every damn day. And I do, yeah. well, not every day, it's been a couple of days in the, in, over that period of time where you, know, you sleep in a little bit because you're just exhausted. But I get up at 4.30, I have a plan. I do follow that plan every single day. Yeah. yeah, awesome, awesome, yep. I do something very similar, so I can totally relate. I really appreciate that. Um, and if I kind of flip this success, question here on its head a little bit. Do you mind sharing with us in our audience like an you know, incredibly difficult experience that you've had to go through and maybe what you learned from that and how you got out of that? Maybe it's the 46 broken bones or whatever the number was, but yeah, that still sounds crazy to me. Uh, so one of those uh, bone breaking experiences was you know, August 8th of 2008. We're going through the crash, right? All the stuff's yep. happening around us in the market. And you know, I had, business it was still working well and i was also helping a friend with a fabrication project where i'd be in the shop until you know midnight and then go home and sleep till four or five o'clock in the morning get up and go to the office so i was you know sleeping four hours a night and i was like i need to get my head clear eight's my lucky number it's august 8th of 08 i won't see this date for another you know a hundred years or whatever so i am going to jump on the harley i'm going to go ride for three days and clear my head from you know just go from that friday saturday sunday so I was taken off and 15 minutes into that ride, I get pushed into another car and I went flipping at 80 plus miles an hour. Uh, I don't remember the crash itself. I just remember waking up in the hospital and my memory was completely gone. I was having to ask questions to where I was at, what I was doing, what happened. And apparently I'd ask it a hundred times because my wife's like exasperated with the answer to the question. Yeah. I finally started wow. to stick. So I'd, I realized I'd broken 17 bones, had collapsed right lung because I you know, snapped a bunch of ribs on the right side. Mm-hmm. Um, major concussion that caused a lot of memory loss. And I had a memory that would last about three minutes. Now I'd still retain some things here and there, but for the most part, it pretty much wiped out a ton of things. And then I'd have to, you know, short-term memory was gone. Um, and so I had to train my brain back. So not only did I learn how I was put in a wheel, stuck in a wheelchair for a certain length of time, right? I went into the hospital about 190 pounds, probably about 10 to 12% body fat, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, pretty decent shape. I was a marathon runner. I was a rock climber. I was a mountain biker um, mm-hmm. worth about, you know, somewhere in the ranges of two and a half to $3 million. When I wheeled out of there, I was 156 pounds with a negative net worth of 1.5 million. Now, where did the blessing come? Right. When you're talking about a person yeah. who can't walk and who can't remember anything, 
uh, and you're coming out of that mess, the blessing came from all these people that were in the exact same market that I was sitting in. They were, had creditors after them. They had people that were losing their homes and getting kicked out and getting mm-hmm. foreclosed on. I had the exact same people coming after me. But when they called me and said, hey, you know, can you give us a reason? And I would, I would fax them my first week's medical bill, which was $1.7 million, right? And I think it was oh, $1 million, three or $4 million for to put me back together. They backed off and they said, how can we help? And because wow. of that, I was able to negotiate with people and get all my credit taken care of and, and just get, get myself on stable ground. And then I had to focus on just learning how to walk again and focus on getting my mind back again. And I didn't throw in the towel on that because I wanted to get myself back to where I used to be, running and all that crap. But I, I pushed myself too fast. I, I healed wrong as a result. It caused myself a lot of problems. But the other thing that I ran into was um, you know, trying to build my business back. So I had two realtors left in the entire business that was sending me business. Everybody else was out. One was my yeah. mother, Marianne yeah. Chapman. The other one was a gal by the name of Carol Nerby. And they would call me up and say, hey, we need you to call this client. I'm like, cool, I'd call the client. Yeah. And then they call me back five minutes later and say, hey, did you make that call? I'm like, what call? They said, grab your pen, oh. grab your paper and write this down because my memory would just fade out. So then I got to where I carried a tablet every, or a pad everywhere, one of those legal notepads, one of those yellow pads. Mm-hmm. And if I had something written down that wasn't crossed out, I would, I would do that task and take notes. And that's how I trained my brain back. The funny thing is, is I forget to cross stuff out. So like, oh, I got to call that person. Oh. I call them up and say, hey, this is Aaron Chapman, such and such. And they're like, uh, we just talked to you. So I have to explain to them my problem with my memory and like, and they're gonna trust me with their real estate and financing that when I can't even remember the conversation I had five minutes ago. So people were very, very generous to me in that respect. Carolyn and my mom were very generous to me. They didn't have to be. Just because she's my mom Mm -hmm. doesn't mean she needs to risk her business for somebody who can't remember shit. Of course. But she did anyway and they guided me and they would call me and they'd help me. And because of them, I got my memory back. When I got my body back and I could hike again, and I could run again, I went to, I volunteered and went to the sheriff's office and, and became uh, part of their rescue unit. And it wasn't long and I took over their technical rescue operations and their off-road rescue opera- operations. Um, and I was able to excel in that particular world uh, for nine years uh, running those teams. So mm-hmm. those are the things that I went from completely debilitated, couldn't think, couldn't walk, to not only be able to get my business built back up because of trying to work on getting my memory back, but then taking my, my debilitated body and taking that back out there, actually use it to benefit other people. Wow, wow, crazy story. I'm curious, and maybe you don't remember, I don't know how good of a question this is gonna be, but I'm curious what what mindset were you in to pull yourself out of that you know horrible situation? Were there things that you were telling yourself daily? You know, I, I need to achieve this or, I, you know, I want to get back to this. Were there things that you just repeatedly tell yourself uh, to, to get yourself in the right mindset, I guess, to understand that you can succeed and get out of this situation and not just give up and say, well, you know, shit luck. I got hit by a car and my life is now what it is. Well, I hated sitting still. You know, I had a very active right. life before, and so I couldn't handle being, being uh, basically in a stationary position. So it was that constant drive to get up and move, 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 move. The other thing is people telling me where my limits were. You don't tell mm-hmm. me my limits because I will both go past my limits. Yeah. And actually to my own detriment, honestly, because it took me a lot longer to heal, the, to heal the soft tissue stuff because I started doing things when I shouldn't you, have. Yeah. You know, I was supposed yeah. to be going to, to uh, rehab. I went back to jujitsu, right? That kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's one of these scenarios where 
you've got to decide whether or not you're going to allow circumstances to dictate what you do or you're going to have your will put pressure on circumstance for it to bend to your will so you can accomplish what you want to. Circumstances are what you make them, not what they not, not what they make of you. Yeah. So that was my decision. It was an actual conscious decision that I was not going to lay there. I was going to get back to where I was and I was going to end up better. Did I end up better in some cases? Yes. In other cases, no. I am better now. Physically, I'm far better than I was uh, at that yeah. time when I got in that accident. Uh, but it's from a, it's been it's been a long time, man. It's what was that 14 years now uh, that I've had to yeah. had to had to go through all that. 14 years, and I'm finally, you know, I was able to do my first push up, my first real push up uh, in in several years a year ago this month because I torn both my uh, shoulders since then. I've had both shoulders repaired since the accident. I got. Awesome better up until about 2014 then i ripped this one and then in 2018 i ripped this one and so i had those repaired and i finally just got back and said well something i am going to back off all the stupid crap and i'm going to focus on yeah. what i can do and stay within my lane and just become uh you know go go with my 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 focus is going to be eight inches wide and a mile deep not eight inches deep and a mile wide anymore so now my focus yeah. on my body is going to be right here and that's where I'm going to make sure that I am going to be in the best shape I could yeah. ever possibly be in at 48 years old. And just to put this back into context, from the accident, it was 2008, you said, right? How long before, let's say, you were able to walk again or um, let's even run again? Walking took about six months. Running, okay. I think five to six months. Running took about eight to ten and it was, I shouldn't have been running at that point, but I was, I had read this book called Born to Run about barefooting. Yep. So I started doing yep. that and it hurt, but I did it anyway. Um, and I just tried to push past the pain, but running is now something I just can't do as much anymore. My, my body yeah. will take the running. So I have to do different things to try and try and build things back up um, because running is just going to be out of my, I think it's just completely out of my, to my scope and I'm not going to try yeah. and push it and hurt myself trying to, trying to get back to something. No, and I really did yeah, love anyway, honestly, I didn't love no, it. No, same here. <laughs> no, but I guess why I was asking is it's, if you think about it, it took, you know, rounding up, you know, a year from the accident. So it was a year of mental work and physical work, of course, for you to go from accident back to quote normal right and even yeah. if you think about it you know an extra level above that it sounds like it took you basically 14 years from then to get to your first push-up right so it's a long time right we we're talking about microwave you know society before or like daily work and consistency it's 14 years of consistency for you right to get back to yourself well, i and guess and right? i gotten gotten to where i was doing those push-ups and all that stuff up until from 2000 you know 10 to 2014 I just mm -hmm. decided to push it too hard. My buddy, I was working totally, out totally. I was doing a lot of stuff. I was in really, really good shape in 2013 yeah. up until 14. He said, hey, let's go do CrossFit. So we went to CrossFit, and that's where I started tearing shit. Right? So yeah. I, I overdid it. And then it took me from 14 till, till 21 to really get back. Yeah. And so when you're talking about tearing things and destroying stuff and that soft tissue damage, that yeah. just sucks. But now I'm in. I'm just. I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm going to stay consistent with what I can do and not put my, push myself beyond what I can do and end up breaking things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're back to where you want to be. At least so that's what it sounds like, and that you can go. You know, back to doing the things you want to do. So what an incredible story. Thank um, you. If I shift gears here a little bit, um, and you were able to go back in time when you were, you know, 18 years old or whatever, uh, what would you do differently to kind of fast track your your success in life or fast track your, yeah, your life, I guess, maybe in a sense, right? 
I would sit down with that 18-year-old to talk him into actually reading books and writing down what he wanted to accomplish. I didn't start doing that till I was 40. Yeah. So, I mean, I forced got my way through everything, taking little bits of what people said and try to make it work. But at 40 years old, I went to I went to the library of knowledge and started pulling books in. Right. You know, the gold mm-hmm. by Eli Goldratt, uh, you know, outwitting the devil by uh, by Napoleon Hill and breaking the habit of being yourself and all these great books that I started pulling in the master key system by Charles Hanel. If I could have picked that stuff at two, up at 2018, I mean, at 18 years old, my life would have been accelerated. You know, there is mm-hmm. truth behind all of these these cliche bullshit things that we hear. The mm-hmm. problem with it is, is we ignore them. And when we ignore them, it actually puts us in a position where we hurt ourselves by not taking advantage of opportunity. So what did it take you to not ignore those things? Um, I was making a, a change in my in, in my existence, right? So I went from, you know, just me yeah. and one person, uh, Ellen, who's on my team still, that we were mm-hmm. doing loans just together at, at my office. and. And then uh, a business part, a, a guy proposed becoming a business partner. He was uh, uh, the kind of the gold standard in the industry when it came yeah. to doing investment, conventional investment loans. He said, hey, we should merge our businesses. So when we did that, I wanted to become a good business partner. I wanted to be viable in the partnership. And one of my friends recommended to me the book, The Goal by Eli Goldratt. And mm-hmm. I read that and I took that as a way how this is how we improve our operations and our systems and make them better. And so as a result of that, I started moving forward there and then I'm like, wait a minute, this 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 stuff works because I made changes that worked. And then, then on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And that's where I started sharing that book with other people. Well, did you read this book? So I read that one. Then I say, hey, did you read that one? So I read this one. And I started finding all these great things. Yeah, awesome. And the, some of those, I haven't read all of them, but some of those are, are great books. And we'll make sure to add links to all those books and, and recommendations in the show notes here so people can, can go grab you know a copy for themselves. Um, you, you know, obviously seem like a, and sound like a very, you know, positive individual, right? Very glass half full individual. I think it's it definitely needed to go through what you went through, right? I'm curious what you tell people when you, you know, run into folks that are more of the, you know, glass half empty type, right? Just, you know, those, the people that say, you know, I was dealt this hand of cards and it is what it is. It's life. I'm just going to accept it, right? Uh, or I can't do this because, right, I don't have the right circumstances. I don't have the money, the family, whatever the reasons, right? You have those types of people, which I'm sure you, you know, run into in your life, right? Um, I'm curious what you tell those folks to kind of get them to this, like, glass half full, you know, mindset versus glass half empty. Well, there's a lot of people when they're glass half empty that you're never going to tell them anything that's going to convince them otherwise. That's the existence they so have. So do you just there. walk away? So it's a lot of times I'll just, if they're open to conversation, I'll have it. If they don't yep. want to have it, then there's no reason to have it because all you're doing is just yep. empty words. You know, there's a reason yep. why it's, yeah. but it's to cast your pearls before swine, right? I'm not saying they're swine. I'm just saying that that's the, the best thing I can come up with an analogy, right? But if people want to listen, they say, listen, if you if what you enjoy doing is working your eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, coming home, eating your Cheetos, drinking your beer and watching the game, and that makes you happy, then you have achieved what most people cannot achieve, which is happiness. Yep. So be find solace in what you're doing. But if you're saying, hey, I don't have enough and I want more. Well, what more is that? Let's write that down. Let's decide what that is. And why I recommend everybody is get this. If you want more, you get this book, The Master Key System by Charles Hanel. The reason you get this book is because it was a correspondence course created in 1910. 
what you do is you'd buy the course. They would send you your lesson every week. At the beginning of yep. the week, you'd read the lesson every day for the week and do the mental exercise associated with that lesson every time you read the lesson. So it would take you a week to get through the lesson or until you mastered the exercise, then you do the next lesson. It's 24 lessons or chapters. You don't read mm -hmm. this as a book. You do it lesson yeah. by lesson, day after day after day. It's a course. And you create. Yep. You create what you want by being able to focus. This teaches you how to focus your brain. It takes you through the process of learning how to focus. If you can focus and, and, and really dig deep and, and make things happen, that's how you get things to accomplish is by focusing. The problem with these people is they're scattered all over the place and they just want to have excuses. Yeah. If you want to focus and you want to accomplish something, decide what you want. Decide one thing, something small, right? Maybe it's just getting in shape. Yeah. Focus there create the process to get that and just just be successful in that don't worry about everything else be successful there then once yeah. you've mastered that go to the next one and then the next one next thing next thing you know you have a life that you that you like but if you but if you're gonna just walk around with excuses there's nothing i can possibly do for you what i found that you can't that that i'll that you never can do is save a person from themselves and if they are going to continue to be their worst enemy, and we are our worst enemy, enemy, we know 100%. the excuses we'll accept. We know the justification we'll accept. We know the, the words that we can tell ourselves to do something that we shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. 100%. And this is a great segue, and maybe you've already answered this question in many different ways, right? But I'm curious to hear what is, you know, Aaron Chapman's one key, right? One secret, one trick, whatever that helped you achieve success. What's that one thing? Is it the consistency that we talked about before? Is it this book? Maybe I'm curious, maybe it's something else. Relentless persistence. Yep. Just nonstop. Do the same thing over and over and over again. And then if it's not the thing that's working, you change it and do that. Do whatever it is you change. Just be persistent in everything. Prove concepts to be right or wrong. And once you prove yep. them, move on or continue. Wonderful. Well, that's uh, amazing advice there. And it's an awesome um, key there to success, Aaron. I appreciate it. And while we, uh, you know, get to, to wrap this or get close to wrapping this, curious if you could uh, give us in our audience a book recommendation. You obviously brought this up right in this uh, past comment. Do you want to bring that up again and, and talk a little bit about that book? 100%. The Master Key System, guys, it's like four ninety nine on Amazon. Is to Wonderful. me the greatest work that ever existed for the cheapest price you could ever get, right? It doesn't have to be this exact version. There's multiple different versions of it, but the master key system, I, it, you, if you follow it and do this before anything else, you'll transform your capability to focus. Wonderful. We'll make sure to have that first line in the show notes here so people can go grab their copy of that book. I'm definitely going to do the same myself because I have not read it and I have not taken that course. So I'm very excited and curious to see what's what it has to offer. Um, similarly to like a book recommendation, do you have like a, a tool, you know, technology, apps, I don't know, um, you know, something that you use in your, your daily life that's helped you achieve success that you'd re want to recommend our audience? Well, something that will help our, help the audience, those who are buying investment real estate, I've got an app myself. So you can go, go, awesome. to, your app, go to your app store and go to the QJO investment tool, as in the quit jerking off investment tool is what it stands for. <laughs> that's why I did that. Because when you're focused on interest rate being the most most important thing associated with getting a loan or getting being successful in real estate, you're jerking off on things of zero value, right? You're wasting time. I with the app is designed to show you when you go to the amortization calculator when you download the app, you can yep. put in you know the interest rate, the purchase price, and the down payment on there, 
right? I think it's the other way, down payment percentage, uh, uh, purchase price and interest rate. And then yep. hit calculate, it'll tell you your payment. Then you go to the upper right-hand corner and click on the calendar icon and scroll forward 30 years, and then it will recalculate all that you've paid plus what the inflation adjusted dollars were that were paid. And you'll find because inflation is eroding the dollar so fast, you never even pay back what you borrowed. So whoever lends you money for 30 years, they're getting back less than what they gave you because you're getting it paid back with a diminishing instrument like the US dollar. Yeah, amen. Absolutely. And yep. if you want more data on that kind of stuff, just reach out to me, AaronChapman.com. It's the easiest way Wonderful. to get me. If you can't find it there for some reason, just Google Aaron Chapman. There's only one bald bearded redneck lender out there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, awesome. You're bringing this to a close for us, Aaron. I love it. I was going to ask, you know, my last question to you here was, you know, how can our audience help you, right? And how can our audience, you know, reach out to you? You just gave your email. So awesome. And your website. What else? What else can our audience do for you? And how can they reach out? Uh, just reach out. Spend some, it, Set up some time so we can talk. I like to set up an actual uh, appointment, sync up our calendar so I can give attention to your conversation about your investment goals and where you're heading with, with your real estate investments and guide you through that. And uh, the other thing is just stay persistent, guys. Do not throw in the towel. If you believe it's worthy of your mind to focus on for five minutes and you decide that that's what you want, map it out and go get it done. I've got actually, I'm in the middle of a book right now with Robert Allen. I'll have this thing probably published in the next few months, which basically gives people the general, the basic formula on how to write out the beating that you're willing to take to become successful. Because you gotta get your ass kicked to be successful. You can't get successful and, and, and be scarless. You have to take a beating, but you can prescribe the beating you're willing to take. Awesome. Well, with those words, I have nothing better to say to close this. So, Aaron, thank you so much for your time. It was an amazing show, a great uh, whole lot of inspiration and great tips, books, recommendations. Thank you so much for your time, Aaron. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Thank you, brother. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of The Gentle Art of Crushing It. It was an amazing episode. We know we sure learned a lot, and we hope you did as well. We want to take a second and thank you so much for viewing or listening to this episode. And please just know that we only ask for one favor, and that is to make this life magnificent. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.